This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast earlier, and they were talking about, it was everything about food and nutrition and just weird, all the regular stuff, but an interesting thing, and I don't know these numbers exactly, but it was, let's say, when people, how they overestimate or they underestimate the amount of calories they take in. And overestimate the number they're burning. Yeah, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it's about like who, when they're underestimating how much they're actually taking in. And the interesting thing behind that is it's like between like 17 and I want to say that almost close to like 80%. Like, so there's this wide variety, like range to where people who just might not weigh their food, but they have like good habits and are pretty balanced with everything that, you know, they're on that 17, 20%. Um, but the more unhealthy, the more overweight you are, you tend to obviously fall on the other end. Um, so I started kind of looking at it like that goes back to what a conversation we've had a lot about, which is like, how in tune with what you're doing are you? Because all that really is in that gap is somebody just becoming a little bit more educated on, it's not saying it's less of a struggle, but becoming more educated on their habits in tune, like, all right, what's a better way to do this? They look up something and they just start following a better system, creating better habits. And they start to lower that percentage down of what they're underestimating, you know? And we do that in, in, in fitness too, the same thing with like our training. Um, but I, it, it's interesting of how much we consume. I think there was another thing they were talking about which was, gosh, what is something with, with debt? Like the, the average person um, is what? They, they underestimate their debt by like 150%. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm like, sure. So it's just like we, our just ego kind of fuels our, our shields us. Oh, man, I've had to do that for like refinance the house. And you start to add things. Okay, and then, you know, it takes in everything like, student loans. Well, I've got a lot of student loans because that's how I put myself through college and law school. So, mm-hmm. uh, I was looking at the other night, it's really depressing. Don't do that. Uh, but then you look at also like, do you have any car debt? Do you have an existing mortgage? Right. Then that adds up. And like, next thing you know, you're like, how in the world do I have like half a million dollars of debt? You're like, where is it? Like what's going on? You know, whatever it is, it just, yeah, it can be extreme and you just don't think about it in those, those concepts. Yeah. Well, like on the eating, I think you turn a blind eye to some of the like little things, but those little things can add up. Like we, we got these things at Trader Joe's or not Trader Joe's at a Costco. And there's just these little, like sort of like an oatmeal bite thing. I don't know what it, you know, it's like a little snack thing that theoretically is not as bad as a candy bar, but it's like small, right? It's maybe like an inch and a half by an inch and a half square small, but then it's like 110 calories for one. Oh yeah. So you start thinking about that and you're like, well, okay, that's a lot in a little one and a half square inch bite. I mean, it's truly one bite in your mouth and it's, yeah. and it's gone like 110 Highly calories. Highly palatable boom. sensation. Yeah. 
driven you go, foods. You go get the double big cup Reese's cups. I'm not mm. saying I love those, but man, aren't they delicious? But that's literally like 400, 450 calories. Yeah. But you don't, like, it's just, it's gone in two seconds. But yeah. you, you, you start to overestimate it or underestimate it. Another thing was um, when they were talking about bo- just boredom, where boredom falls in. And there was a study, again, not the exact thing, but this one, they did, they did say that, and I'm not sure how they did this study, but uh, people that were, like, addicted to, to sugar or ate a bunch of candy or something, that they were able to, like, if you moved the candy five feet away from where it normally set, it was like over 50% or like, you know, reduction rate in how much they consumed. And it was just the fact of like, uh, (laughs) oh. It's so far. Yeah. I mean, but like they started talking about studies that were going down and like, you know, going deep down that road and you're like humans. That's crazy. We are just, we do, and we do, it's just these, these habits that we do. And it, it got me thinking on habits in general. And it led me to think about a conversation that you and I were having just a couple of days ago, which was um, when we were talking about Raphael um, and jujitsu. But we were talking about somebody, obviously, who's uh, near and dear to, to our hearts is our sensei, Rafael Lovato Jr. And we were talking about like that. How, how long have you been around Rafael? Or like been following him and been aware and all this. I want to say it's like six years now. I've been training jujitsu, so it was like right before that that yeah. I found out who he was when I was researching. And so it's probably right. about six-ish years, I think, and maybe 20, longer. Gosh, yeah, it's maybe seven years actually. I've, I mean, I've known of him for longer than this, but I've really only known who and what he is from like 2010 on until now. And the funny thing that that you and I were talking about is like. We can count like literally on we you know I have ten fingers and I can I can only think off the top of my head maybe ten losses in all of his activity and I don't even think I could do that and I'm talking about activity that's crossing three different disciplines of martial arts at the the, the highest level and that's one of my big arguments to why I think he's one of the greatest martial artists. Um, competitive martial artists of all time. Oh, yeah. not get talked about. But my point to this is just thinking about how much he continuously wins and how that that is bred into us who have been around him to where like we just think like he's going to pull it out, he's going to figure it out. And it's not on like this level of like he's indestructible. It's on a level of that we all respect of like he's he's got it physically and mentally and it's habits like it got me starting to think it's like the habits that i've watched him possess over other martial artists are why i see him where he is and that's not a knock on anybody it's like it's just there are levels to this thing and there are people that inspire other people and are, are meant for that position but um it just got me starting to think about like some of the main habits that he has done and been, you know, that I've, I've just watched. And now when I think about this a lot more, I see like, man, that's, that's really like something that's been a constant through all these wins and very, very few losses. Um, so, yeah, I, 
you know, when we were talking about that, when I first started following MMA, um, which was before I started jujitsu, I'd done other martial arts in the past. And there's this really like concept of the fight camp, right? And there's guys who, when they get a fight booked, okay, well now for three months or whatever, I'm gonna work really hard and get back in shape. I'm like air quoting here, like getting back in shape or whatever. And they, they, they have that roller coaster of like in shape, out of shape, in shape, out of shape. And they're having to like lose a bunch of weight while they're also trying to get ready for a fight or whatever. Yeah. And he kind of showed a different way of instead just truly living that lifestyle to just always be in shape. And so when it comes time to fight camp time, well, now I'm working on skills. I'm maybe increasing the intensity, you know, those kinds of things, more training. But also then it's like my focus isn't on, oh, well, crap, I got to lose 10 pounds before I can even do my weight cut right before. Yeah. And, oh, I got to feel better because, like, I've kind of let my cardio slip and all this. It's like, no, it just stays in that that lifestyle year round. So it's now, well, I got to work on the the details, the nuance, the uh, preparing for my specific opponent. I don't have to worry about myself so much as, you know, game planning and everything else. It just was yeah. like a different, like, oh, it just stays that way. So if somebody calls and like, hey, can you come fight tomorrow? There would be no reason for him to not be able to do that, right? Like, because he's just always ready. And I think that's something, yeah. that idea of just like. Well, go back to the hypothetical healthy man. Go back to the hypothetical healthy man and, and start to look at the habits, okay? Because everybody exercises, you know, to the, the, those who exercise, like we're talking about, everybody exercises, but some truly figure out how to get the most out of it, even if it's not their profession and stuff. And I know that he might not know as much, but he trusts in those around him, myself, Cameron, you know, like he trusts in, in, in the knowledge that we bring, and that is his knowledge. So what what makes his habits so special is one of his habits is to always be healthy. And I'm not talking about be fight ready and athletically fueled or something. His his number one goal is, is healthy body, healthy mind. And that's the that is the building block of like of what the pillars like we talk about with green strength. That's why Lovato is pretty much become the walking example of green strength. So you got somebody who, who changed daily habits and changed the food that he put in his body, not for a camp, but for life. And so that's, there's one habit that, that separates him from, from a lot of people. The other is with the breathing. The other, the, the pillar of be here now. I've never been around somebody who self examines thinks before he puts things out, thinks before he makes judgment or opinion. And he does the best job of even in some of those very few losses of like really finding the answer of like finding what he needed to learn from that and finding enjoyment in that process and showing us, I mean, you know, a couple recent in the last couple of years We've learned some cool things that were inspired off of mistakes that he made that he was then inspired to show. Um, so that habit of just like him being present and always being able to to channel his energy and his emotion, and um, I think that's a, a key healthy trait that like is 
what we all need to be trying to do for better success with relationships with each other and and health in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really is. I mean, I think part of that is the the like you said, the building the good habits and limiting the bad habits, the routine, you know, and it's yeah. just creating that all around lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and that's what leads you then to just be ready. I think this is, this goes to that, that green streak mindset of, of what is it? Well, we talk a lot about the style of training is more a general physical preparedness, right? We're yeah. not training for the purpose of going and winning a powerlifting competition, for example, right? We could do that. I mean, you could train, you've done that. You could train people to do that. You have trained people to do that. Um, and that's fine. That's like engaging in that sport of doing that yeah. thing. But instead, it's like we all have different things we want to do. You know, I like to play volleyball, we do jujitsu, go hiking, whatever, all these kinds of things that I like to do. And so, like, how do my habits fuel those things I like to do? And so, my exercise also fits within that. The green strength fits within that of being generally physically prepared to go do all those things. And so, you're just always building towards that habit of not. Um, you know, necessarily even a specific goal, but just a, a lifestyle, just yeah. a, that life of what am I doing that supports you have a duty. the things I want to do. You have a duty to take advantage of getting yourself in the position to then be able to go do whatever you want to do, whatever hobby and thing you want to enjoy, whether that's still even a, a far away reach. Now you're in a, a starting position which is real fitness, which is real health. And it's, it's the irony behind that is it's fitter than most fit people out there. Like what we can develop and we do and what our methods can achieve. It, it's fitter than, <laughs> that's not even, you know, but I mean, it is than, than most stuff because we're finding joy and we're finding uh, passion in being able to, to continue on with good, constant quality, movement, strength, aerobic, whatever it is that we're playing with. Well, that goes to, I mean, we're, we're talking about Raphael, and this coincides so well with his concept of timeless jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and it, it fits within that same mindset of, of, like he talked about being able to do jujitsu for life. And it's fitness for life, right? It's timeless fitness. I think is sort of what green strength embodies that same sort of concept of, you know, what are we going to be able to do? Because when I'm 70, you know, there are limitations realistically. I mean, I'm 38 now there's perhaps limitations, right? I'm not going to go be a professional athlete at this stage in my life, right? There's realistic limitations, but that doesn't mean I have to, uh, you know, overly accept those limitations. No. Um, and, and, but what's going to facilitate being able to do these things forever, feel good forever again, to be that person who's 75 and I'm going to go hike around the grand Canyon or whatever. Like, and, I don't, that's what I want to do. And why do we even have to like worry about the things that we can't do at those times? Like why make that a stress and a thing that that's a big part of what I'm learning and what I'm working on personally now is just like, you gotta, you gotta let things be. I'm, I'm 37 now. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts and dreams like this last decade has gone by so fast. I'm just like, I forget that I'm not 27 and there's goals that I want to get back or I want to do. And I'm like, hold on. Like, what do I really want? I'm 37. You know, like where 
okay, well, when I'm 47, this is definitely what I want to be. Like, so a lot of my thoughts have no place from 37 on. And I need to look at what I can do and just find total excitement and joy and maximize that to the fullest. And that, cause that's going to be the best for me. And it's going to make me strong as shit at 47. You know, I, it, it always blows my mind of how, if you can, no matter what it is, especially in the, in the strength world, if you can just like do a couple of things strong, you find your exercises, you can do them strong as shit where it wows people. Then people just already like, they look at you like you're strong as, you know, like all get out. So it's like find things that you enjoy and get good at them and it'll all take care of itself. I mean, I, you know, when I was walking today, I, I, thought, I had a thought in my head. It's like where there are, there are obviously levels and specialists as like in a doctor's case, for example, there, you're going to have a general practitioner and then you're going to start getting into levels of, of specialty, of course. But when you're going for care on something and that tier system of of what happens with a lot of people until they finally find the right answer or find the right help. And that tier system usually goes up in, in level of investment, whether it's financial, whether it's schedule wise, you gotta, Hey, you gotta wait a couple months for this guy, you know? And it's like all these things. And when you get to that top level, now take in context here, of course there's amazing, crazy medical specialists out there. But what I'm saying when you get to that top level, it's usually solved by somebody just doing it correctly. Like now you're here with me, it's one-on-one, you've paid a lot of money, you've, you know, I'm making whatever. It's like our time is valued. You've been through so much frustration, you've figured a lot of crap out on your own. And now we're gonna make those, those small but big changes. And in the, in the training world, there's the same thing. There's these pools of levels of trainers. And I talk about Paul Check all the time, but it's like, what happens when you get to Paul Check? Well, probably about 99% of what he's going to do has been talked about all through those other levels, maybe from different people in different times. It hadn't been put together correctly, and that's part of the journey. But there's just a level of when you become more intentional, when you invest into something more on any sort of scope, you start to, to really get more out of it and you start to get to the around and your, your circle starts to become those who, you know, just simply get more out of everything. And going back to Raphael, that's another big habit right there of always keeping nothing but positive energy, positive knowledge, people around and weeding out the ones that are, that are drawn down. But I know, I, I know I just kind of rambled that out, but that, that level of things is just, is interesting me on so many different levels. Yeah. It's, it's been a big, I mean, it's who you surround yourself with is what you become. Right. I mean, that's how many times have we probably heard something along those same lines? Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, I go back to as a kid and I did something stupid and my parents asked me, you know, why'd you do that? Well, because my friends did it. Well, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you? 
it depends on what's underneath there, but no, (laughs) you know, but that concept of like, you know, your parents eloquently, I guess, trying to teach you that you are who you surround yourself with. Like the people that you hang out with are, that's what you're going to become. And that that's the, the expectations, setting these expectations of, of the reality of where you're at. And that's, I need to understand that if I'm, if I think I'm the best person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Or if I think that the people around me, man, maybe I can help them or whatever. You just got to be real careful about that because again, it's, it's who you're around is what you're going to become. That's why, you know, people in our jujitsu Academy, they want to go out and compete all the time. They do real well, right? That's why we have multiple guys at their belt level and their age level and everything that are number one in the world because they've surrounded themselves with people who make them better. And this goes back to that, that levels of things like you talked about that once you get to that highest level, you've now put yourself in the company of the people who are at the top of whatever it is that they do. And what's that going to do? Well, it's necessarily going to make you better. So if you want to be rich, follow what rich people do, hang out with rich people, right? If you want to be strong, hang out with strong people and do what they do, right? Like that's this whole thing of these, these expectations that we have such a big component of that is surrounding yourself with the people that, that embody that. Cause for me, like, yeah, I always wanted to be strong and fit and healthy and put on some weight and those kinds of things. Well, when did that really start happening? Well, it's when I started hanging out with you and Greg and everybody else at Green Strength that that started happening. All of a sudden, I didn't have to do anything besides put myself in that position, be around the people that do those things, and then it just started happening. And so again, those those levels to it that I could have gone to the YMCA and hung out there, but like, would it have been the same? No, because I put myself around people that are at a much higher level, and that's when the problems really started getting fixed. So it's like... What, what, what are your expectations? You know, like that, and that's a hard thing for us all to look at because it's like, what really are my expectations? Like not, got to put the excuses out. Am I around the right people? Am I truly around doing the right program? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too less? Like, yeah, all of that stuff, um, your thoughts, the foods you put in you. I mean, you talked about you are who you hang around. And that's the, that's kind of why laughing with all this is how it all just flows together because you are what you eat. You are who you hang around. You are the thoughts you put in your head. There are many, many ways to get to all these goals that we all formulate. There's always going to be many ways. And... There's no right program in training. There's no wrong program. There's no right diet. There's just, there are people and there are levels to these people that have experience and opinions and creativity and they've found things that that work and that they can back up for themselves. And it's our job and your job to find, to not worry about something being better than something else because it doesn't exist. What we need to worry about is finding the people that you want to learn from or the people that you want to be around that inspire you and the people that are doing what you want to do. Um, that's, that's number one. And start to their habits start to become your habits. And that's where that just snowballs. 
but I think um, from looking at the levels of things, it's like in fitness, if, if you're not investing financially very much money into either learning or getting training or something, and I know this sounds weird because I'm always, I'm a minimalist myself and stuff, but I, I truly believe that like, if you're not investing into knowledge in the health world, then you're just kind of, you're on, you're that hamster on a wheel right now. And there can be short-term success, but you're investing to learn how to create long-term success. And you should be doing that with sports performance too. It's not just these, all these programs and templates out there that excite us that have proven track records. It's how do we take a little bit from each one of those and apply it to ourselves and start to develop those habits, the better habits. But I'm working on that too. <laughs> we all, the Gosh. High, I know. That's like everybody needs a coach, right? Like, yeah. It's like, who do you go to? Because you've continually got to surround yourself with those people. And I think that just, it, it fits so many things because we all have these things we want in our life. We've got these expectations, these anticipations, the things that we want. And like getting there can be really hard and like not even knowing where to begin and getting lost in the nonsense of, of trying to like sort through all the information and the data and everything else. And it's just, it's overwhelming and it's hard. It's hard to figure things out for yourself. Uh, but man, that like, it really does that. The, if the first step of anything is if you want to be something in a certain arena, successful in some sort of capacity, fitting into just finding a group that facilitates that, finding the people that, like you said, their habits become your habits. It's like, go back to like our episode with Vaughn. We was talking about coming out of sobriety, right? And like, he would probably be such a big proponent of this that like, in fact, I think he talked about this, that, you know, if I wanted to get sober, like hanging out, trying to like be sober around people who weren't, was not going to be successful. Like you can't be sober and spend your weekends hanging out in bars. There's a balance to those relationships. And right. It's got to start to change. And that's where at some point you got to figure out what do I need to do for me? And like, yeah. what kind of people do I need to be around to make that happen? And like, you know, that, that, that changes, right? The people that you're around, the, the, the friends that you have, I mean, that all changes over time until you kindly finally start to figure out what your tribe is. And, and what does that mean? Like when we talk about, Oh, this is my tribe and, and whatever. And it's like, these are the people that help me become who I want to be because it's osmosis, you know, it's yeah. like you, you feed on that. And so having that is such an important part. Yeah. You got to do the hard work to like set your goals and everything else and your habits and, and fix the bad ones and all that kind of stuff. But it's a whole lot easier when you've got other people just feeding into that energy. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Um, there was, a there was another thing I was thinking about that I was going to ask you. I can't even remember. It's slipped my mind now. This is a, a total aside. This has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. No, but it's kind of on the same things. It'll come to my mind. Here. Oh no, I've got something that okay. has nothing to do with anything. I don't like, I don't regularly listen to, to Joe Rogan's podcast, but have you listened to, again, this has nothing to do with anything, but I feel like everybody needs to hear this. Have you listened to the one with, um, I think her name is Yeon Mi Park? No, but I saw that shared quite a bit. Okay. So she is um, a North Korean refugee 
And I just want to say, like, forget what you know or think you know about Joe Rogan. Like, put that aside and, like, go listen to this podcast. Because what I thought I knew about North Korea, like, how bad it is and everything else. And, like, I just think people need to go listen to that. It's long, so I've been listening to it the last couple of days. But holy smokes, man. The this is a girl who was a teenager escaping from North Korea and way worse than I possibly could have imagined and escaping to China and then how she had to escape from China to finally get to South Korea. And now she's here telling her story. And, um, man, I just think that like, it really puts some perspective on, on life and, just it's a wild ride it's a really wild ride like i said it's got nothing to do with anything but i really think that people need to hear it to just like understand there's just so much crazy shit going on in the world right now and like everybody seems to hate everybody it's just the craziest thing right now and maybe it's always been like that and i'm just more aware of it but uh man it'll make you pause and just kind of think about maybe things aren't so bad. It really is. And from, from my fitness lens of the world that I see through my social media, it is just, it's, it's just bashing everybody's stuff. Who's right and wrong. The extremes are, are after each other and everybody in the middle is just caught up in the comments and caught up in the, the confusion and what's right. And, you know, what do I do to the point where they don't do anything? And, it is bullshit because it's exactly like we talked about last week. It's it's all the same stuff. Like, you know, nutrition, there's real food. And in the world, there's love and hate. <laughs> like, you know, love is love. Real food is real food. Consume them. We know Do the them, difference. Share them, yes. I don't know, man. I, I think it, again, every one of our problems, whether it be physically and or on this other end of the spectrum with what's going on with the world, we'll just do better if we start to evaluate ourselves and communicate with others. And whether that's just evaluating what we're eating and communicating that with, with a coach or just as people just starting to, to talk and, and do our part to, to even hear somebody's side of the story. Like nothing is better than to disagree with somebody who you do you but you share a conversation and can respectfully disagree. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually could be a good thing. Instead we start to, you know, formulate our, our little brains and our opinions and, and our ego gets in and it just doesn't get us anywhere. Yeah. Um we need to kind of back off of that stuff. But that's about all I can say because I'm I shouldn't be preaching to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> this still goes back to surrounding yourself with yeah. the right kind of people that you know, that are feeding positivity into your life and, and not yeah. negativity. It just, I mean, it's why I got off Facebook. Like I'm not on Facebook aside from just like a zero friend account that's in a few groups that yeah. I find of interest because it just, that's then surrounding myself with people that it just became so toxic. And same thing on, even on Instagram where it's like, I've really curated things where yeah. I still spend way too much time on social media. Like many of us do, but trying to surround myself with the things that are feel positive to me and just it's so easy to get caught up in the drama of things, the negativity of things, the, the just the drama, just the drama. Yeah. And 
it just makes me want to withdraw back into like a very small group of people that I truly trust and enjoy being around and, and always make me feel good. You know, you know, this, this, these are the kind of things that make, make me train. These are like the world out there, the stress. This is what drew me and draws me my time of training, my time of movement. It is, it is movement meditation. It is strength meditation. Um, the hard stuff, was it was there for a reason you know you're battling you want to want to conquer things and, and accomplish things and stuff um and then I'm, i find myself in the weird spot now where I, I want nothing more than everybody to be able to use fitness for their their fuel but like and then i got to try to teach people how to manage it and um that's the hard part that's the part where we all have to self look within um and you know, just own up to things. I mean, as, as humans for sure. But, um, a little bit off topic. I, I did have a question cause I talked to somebody the other day about fasting and of course, if there are all sorts of different recommendations on alternate day fasts and, you know, um, 48 hour, 72 hour, was it 16, eight feeding window? There's, there's all sorts of things out there, but let's, say the most common is like the 16-8 or somebody fasting for their, the first half of the day and eating in like an 8 to 10, 12-hour window. Now, just kind of putting my own spin and my own rule on this, where this, this conversation was is talking about being able to be intuitive and just saying, hey, there's days, you know, I feel like I, I don't want to eat through the day and I want to fast and then there's days when, you know, I don't want to fast and, I, you know, you get what I'm saying. My main thing that's kind of where I think a lot of where, where people fail with the fasting is if you're shortening your window of food in a day, no problem. You still have the adequate calories that you need to consume. Okay. Cause we're after health, we're after performance, we're after all these things. And considering even if you know you're in a deficit and you're in that deficit, you still need to hit that at the end of the day, unless you are very in tune with the rest of your week and you're kind of manipulating that weekly balance like I had talked about previously, you know, then you can start to kind of change things a little different. Um, but where the fasting thing really can help a lot of people out in days that, that, that they can employ this is in days when you have events, when, when you have like gatherings, weddings, anything going on or you know, hey, you and some friends are going to go out and maybe have some drinks and some food later on in the evening, a very, very easy thing to do is just start to fast and save those calories for the evening. If you do want to have some food throughout the day, keep that very, very clean. Save your carbs, save your fats, keep that more protein-based in the day. Um, but just, just a little bit here and there. Maybe it's just some fruit and stuff. But that's an easy tactic. If you know, hey, I'm going to go eat a bunch of pizza tonight and I'm kind of worried because I've been working so hard. It's like, just use that as a day to fast. Go have your calories and, you know, your pizza form and get right back on, you know, the wagon. But the reason I say make sure you're getting your, your calories and I'm very strict with that and all the athletes I work with is because I don't want people to start to get in that habit of like mentally pushing the fast to a very extreme time and then realizing that they can get full with not a lot of food in a short amount of window. And it's like, oh man, this is kind of this game. And, 
and I'm seeing great results short term, but it's like metabolically, we want to make sure we're getting our food. So yeah, eat when you want to eat, but be responsible in the window that you're giving yourself, be responsible in the amount of food, um, of getting that in, in that window that you're giving yourself. I think it's excellent advice. There's a lot of, it's funny. So many people talk about intermittent fasting as like, Oh, it's this great thing. It's a great way to lose weight or whatever. And like, I love your perspective. Like it's a tool. It's a tool that can be used. There's different ways to use that tool. Yeah. Um, and here's a good way to do that. And you know, to, as you just said, it is my preferred personal tool for when I want to get as lean as I've ever been. Um, I love to use that tactic because I can easily just, I know that if I cut a little bit of calorie, one, if I clean up my food choices, I'm going to drastically change, you know, the amount of calories and stuff I'm taking in. But I also have no problem of being able to fast throughout the day. So if I change my food sources and clean them up a bunch and, and get, you know, what I mean by change my food sources here too, it's like maybe I'm not going to eat as many potatoes and rice and things. I'll kind of quantity, you know, bring my quantity down on stuff. Um, but I get full as heck. Like I have to actually physically stuff myself with the other food that I need and I'm still losing weight, you know? So it is a tactic that you can employ. Um, Raphael himself well, he has, has been big on that. Um, that's a, a thing that's exactly how we started doing a lot of weight cuts and stuff of employing fasts and just cleaning up food and, and doing the right timing on that. But that's for another time. But yeah, use it to your liking. If you're in a deficit, you know and you should know what your deficit is. So then make sure you're getting those calories in. But make sure you're, you're, you're at least hitting that maintenance at that time. I think that's great. I, fasting is something that I've always found interesting. I've not done like a ton of research into fasting or anything like that, but um, certainly I think there's there's value in it. Um, it's something that like there's probably opportunities for physical value in it. Um, there's opportunities for uh, like mental, emotional, spiritual value in it as well. Um, I think if you can look at like any of the world's religions, like they all incorporate fasting and, you know, perhaps some of that was for health reasons as well, not just for purely spiritual reasons, but, uh, man, I think that's like something that's been around for millennia, the concept of fasting. And we get so much into the, um, you know, the specifics of like, Oh, does it have to be 16, eight or what, you know, 18, yeah. or whatever. And it's like, man, sometimes it's just like, you got to, you just got to feel it's it like out. The mental and, art of just taking something away. Yeah. And you can fast on what? Yeah. Everything. I mean, yeah. Fast from your shitty exercise. You know, look at what you do, find the shitty stuff you know is banging you up, and mentally challenge yourself to fast. <laughs> like, stop it. You're probably, it's probably going to help you out there. Yeah. It's better than weight loss. That mental challenge. Uh, man, we're so easy to like give in to the whatever it is we want now. Yeah. And I feel that big time. But I saw this quote by W.E.B. Du Bois today. Um, it was from a letter that he wrote to his daughter. And uh, if you don't know who that is, look him up. He's fantastic. And so I just, this sort of like struck me as you just brought this up. And we started talking about that, the like, the, 
uh, the, the less quantifiable reasons why you may want to fast. And he just sort of shared, I just want to share this because I really think this was, I thought about it. I read it. I went back to it. I was like, this is some really good advice actually. And so this is what he said. It's, it's a couple sentences here, but the main thing is the you beneath the clothes and skin, the ability to do the will to conquer the determination to understand and how this great, wonderful, curious world. Don't shrink from new experiences and custom. Take the cold bath bravely. Enter into the spirit of your big bedroom. Enjoy what is and not pine for what is not. Read some good, heavy, serious books just for discipline. Take yourself in hand and master yourself. Make yourself do unpleasant things so as to gain the upper hand of your soul. And man, that struck me. And every time I read it, I'm like, gosh, that's good stuff. And like perhaps fisting... Uh, fasting fits within that. Um, I don't know when that was. Let me see if I Long can ago. find it. Yeah, um, like I said, it's a letter he wrote, uh, so it would be some time ago. But so, just another one of those. There's the book of life. It's like we need to not search. We need to do. It would have and, been sometime between 1877 and 1934. Yeah. I don't know exactly yeah. when he wrote that letter, but man. Isn't that like such a big thing though? Take yourself in hand and master yourself. Make yourself do unpleasant things so as to gain the upper hand of your soul. I think that's really good. When you talk about fasting, like it's there's unpleasant yeah. parts in it, but like utilize it. You know, truly if it brings better structure and flow through your day and it makes you happier and those things, then then utilize the hell out of it. And chances are you're gonna figure out how to make it work. If it's, uh, if it's a burden, if it's stressing you, and if it's starting to cause any compulsive, you know, thought processes on time and hunger feelings and stuff, then like, stop it. I mean, that those are the those are the real answers that we need to hear more. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and there's a happy medium between those worlds. And if you stop it the first time, you can start to kind of play and figure out and find, but we are responsible of being happy, healthy, fit human beings, and we're responsible of taking in some form of adequate nutrition a day. So if you push it back, be responsible, get it in, move good, start to evaluate the things that you're doing, the people around you, the junk exercise, the junk food, the junk thoughts, the junk of whatever it is, and put that plan and start to put those thoughts in your head to start just chipping away at that shit doesn't have to be all at once but just start chipping away at it daily and if it's aesthetic goals and health goals i promise you if you take that approach you will you will start to see change it's fantastic before we get out of here i do want to do one more thing Mm -hmm. i want to wish a happy birthday to my wife the queen my wife tara uh green strength queen she's uh always in here grinding out she's here this morning She's a monster. She's, She's amazing. The best. She's amazing. Um, I really am. Yeah, I'm really happy to, to know you both. And uh, she's she's the best. I saw her smile. Like, we just did a kettlebell thing today, and we were doing something different. I started lighting up, just loving it. Yep. She's, she's fantastic. full of life, and she's definitely applying a lot of these things very well. It's an inspiring person. Absolutely. So happy birthday, Tara. Otherwise, it's time for us to get up out of here. Yep. I got to go get my workout in. I got stuff to do. So let's close this out. But first, before we do, 
Coach Luke, how can they get a hold of you? You guys can find me online at the website at greenstrengthhq.com or on Instagram at greenstrengthiv. There you go. There you go. Hit them up. Send us your questions. We would love to answer your questions right here on the Green Strength Podcast. Uh, Man, we're getting great feedback out there. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, also jump on there and give us a rating. Leave us that five stars. Write a little bit of a review. Uh, We'd love to see that and love to get your feedback. So hit us up. We'd love to hear it. And we hope that you find value this week and every other week on the Green String Podcast right here. We're going to keep coming back every single week. So thanks so much for being a part of our community and surrounding yourself with us because we want to be around you. So also come in if you're in that Oklahoma City area. Come join us. Come be a part of Green Strength if you aren't already. We would love to see your happy face and, and bring you in as a part of our wonderful people that we surround ourselves with to make us better every single day. So until next time, we'll see you next next week on the Green Strength Podcast.